wait and wait. And baby, I'm TMC till I die. Sorry, just Welcome. getting just getting back into the into the ah, swing of things. <laughs> dude, that's right. You hear his voice. It's Jeffrey P. Nesker, my main guy. Alongside me, it's another edition of the Toronto Till I Die podcast. It's been a minute, but we have found a way to kind of reconvene here. Um, I guess let's start the show off just with some news, some some sad news on our part. Um, Mitchell Tierney will no longer be joining us on Toronto Till I Die podcast. Mitch obviously has has picked up a lot of stuff on his plate, and and as you guys know, this is it's a lot of work that goes into to putting on a show. So, you know, without Mitch already knows the way that we feel about him, um, but without getting into too much depth, the show would not be where it is today without the work of Mitchell Tierney. Um, he, he will be missed, of course, but make sure you continue to support the great work that he is doing on, at, at, Canadian, at the Canadian Premier League, as well as at Derby. Um, so keep a close eye out for him, and we wish him nothing but the best. But the show must go on. It's down to two musketeers. Jeffrey Pinesker, like I said, it's been a minute, man. You've managed to squeeze in some time here. How are you feeling today? I am, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm happy to be doing this again. I missed you like crazy. Uh, I miss talking about the club we love like crazy, and uh, I missed myself like crazy. I mean, we're we're back in we're back in real life now, man. Full time jobs, all of that stuff that it entails, and uh, yeah, it's 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 been a minute. Um, but uh, happy to be back, man. Happy to happy to discuss this club and, and where they're at right now, which I think is is uh, is is good and bad. Um, a lot more bad than good, I would say, uh, despite despite some pretty interesting stats that I've got pulled up and, uh, and despite oh, two went two wins and a tie. Um, but yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at your rundown and I'm loving it. And, and, you know, let's, let's go. It's, it's version 2.0 when we did the rebrand, we knew it would be version 2.0 and now we're right, right in the swing of version version 2.0. So, uh, so let's get started, Mike. Yeah, man. So like on that note, I'm just going to open the floor to auditions where it was currently vacant, a third host. So we're just, gonna audition a few people maybe as the weeks mm. go on if you guys think that's you absolutely slide into our dms at toronto till i die and who knows man crazier things have happened um jeffrey of course will be the one to veto them and, and not veto them so if you guys have any complaints, <laughs> just direct them right at right at my boy jeffrey p nesker over here yeah yeah um, i want way, I, I i'm putting a ban on 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 sleeveless shirts uh anybody <laughs> that that comes has to wear sleeves uh, that that is an important aspect for me. So if you're interested in this clothing, clearly you're not you're not you're not invited. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, but that's but, just um, the way it's going to be. But that that like the DM thing. That's kind of a joke. I'd say a half joke actually. Uh, you know, three is the magic number. There. We're gonna we're gonna try doing this as as a two. But but you know, it, it there's a reason why most of these shows uh, uh, do three. So, so, you know, onward and upward. I'm just happy to be back, man. Let's just, let's just go and see what happens before we start. We start divining the future, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you're yeah. getting a live look into our behind the scenes planning of our show. It goes exactly like this, just complete chaos most of the time. But <laughs> That's what it is, hosting a soccer podcast in 2022 in Toronto, Canada. And you know, mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. getting too sentimental, Off the back of the panda. Made it, yeah, without getting too sentimental, who would have thought we'd have made it all the way here off the back of a pandemic? So I'm um, excited to 100%. see kind of what the future holds here. But without further ado, Jeff, let's mm-hmm. talk about some, some Toronto FC, which is what everyone is here to listen about. The mm-hmm. Reds. The Reds. Six-game winless streak is now snapped in the league on the heels of, as you mentioned, a draw at D.C. and a midweek win in the Canadian Premier League at HFX, which, by the way, was quite the spectacle. Um, I don't really have that on our rundown. We don't have to talk about that too much, but quick shout-out to Jacob Schaffelberg and everyone else, uh, the Schaffelberg family, who kind of... That video was absolutely fantastic content. It really, really was. It was just... I mean, I couldn't stop smiling, and I think I watched it about six or seven times in a row. 
Um, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff you love to see, right? Hometown boy makes good. Um, the, the fans at, at H at Wanderers grounds were, were really up for it. Uh, and they gave, they gave uh, the Reds a pretty good run for their money. I think, um, I don't want to say TFC showed them a lack of respect, um, but you know that starting lineup uh, was 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 was. I mean, we we we've been we've been privy to a lot of really really odd starting lineups following Toronto FC over the last couple of seasons, but this one was was a was a Frankenstein monster. So so maybe it's it was down to injuries, maybe it was down to fixture congestion, but certainly um, that was a game of two halves. Right, the first half was. Uh, was a bit of a disaster for for our boys and then and then of course when you brought in the 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 starters in the second half i think that that you know uh things ended up where they should have but but certainly that's was, that's a good uh, analysis a run for the money of, of the game jeff and I, like i said mm-hmm. we're not going to go too in depth about that today and it's really funny i'm already getting texts about the vacant co-host position and people sending in their applications we'll see it's going to be a competitive Let's game. go man one has to fill out we'll see um, what was, wasn't, was mm-hmm. too competitive on the weekend was Toronto FC's 3-2 victory over the Chicago Fire. I mean, that one had ugly kind of ridden all over it. Heading into the game, it had ugly ridden all over it. You had the two worst teams in the Eastern Conference up to that point of the year mm-hmm. battling it off. The Chicago Fire were winless in nine Heading into wow. that match of TFC, obviously winless in six. Heading into that game, so it wasn't pretty. Um, it sure and I wasn't. Think overall, I think that the match itself wasn't pretty, but we did have a few pretty moments and pretty nice moments from the Spaniard Alejandro Pozuelo. I guess overall, Jeff, what was your sort of takeaways from from that three two victory? Were you there, Mike? I'm not. I don't know if you were actually there in attendance. Or Every not, game. Come yeah, on. well, I mean, I, I, I try. I, I got in there just, just at kickoff, and then, you know, I had some other concerns, so I had to leave at the 70th. So I missed pauses, uh, two goals, essentially. I missed I missed the penalty, oh, and then no I missed the, the rocket. I mean, I heard them. I was I was running. Emo's impossible to get out of when you have to, you know, rush home to, to attend the task. So, so leaving a little bit early gave me the opportunity to try and find an Uber or a cab or something like that. But, you know, I, I heard the cheering. Uh, through grit, gritted teeth as I was walking away from BMO. Um, it was a beautiful day for a, for a football game. Um, beautiful and that was day. the, that was the only thing beautiful about that day. I mean, from the, from the <laughs> kits down to, down to the action on the field, it was a, it was a, it was a hell of a, it was a hell of a time, man. I mean, yeah, three points. That's great. Um, but uh, you know, how much, how much celebrating are we going to do with a three, two victory over the only team worse than us in the Eastern conference, right? Like that was a pretty hard fun one victory. And like, and like I tweeted out sort of, you know, through gritted teeth at the end of the game, moments of individual brilliance doth not a competitive team make, right? You know, we are now in, and again, I'm, I'm probably, are we going to rest <laughs> our laurels on it. moments of individual brilliance? And, and do backflips. Um, and I don't want to get too ahead because looking at your rundown, there's a question that I think this suits more. But, but you know, we're, we're a systems team and, and that systems and individual brilliance are sort of mutually exclusive. So to me, it's like we're celebrating what shouldn't be happening anymore under, under the Bob Bradley system, under the Bob Bradley administration, right? These moments of individual brilliance are... are, are sacrosanct to 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 a systems-based approach and that fills me i mean pun fully intended with pause right and i guess i'll save the rest of my i guess i'll save the rest of my my rant here for thank you i guess i'll save the rest of my rant here for for the for the big question you got up in the in the thing but you know my reactions were meh um you know i I was saying i kept saying to the people around me if this wasn't the chicago fire and this was in the first 45 minutes they'd be up nine thousand to one on us like they had they were having their way with us i mean if it weren't for the fact that none of them can shoot on target for a damn and that they they are almost less less uh 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 together in their attack than we are you know but but they 
they were pelting us with shots throughout the first and second half. It's just, it, you know, it, it's down to it's down to them and 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 I guess the talent on hand or, or their form at the moment that they weren't beating us resoundingly. Um, and you know, they, it felt like foregone conclusions. The goals that they scored on us, even the disallowed one, it felt like a foregone conclusion. Like the second that those attacks began. I turned to my wife and I said, this is in the back of the net. I mean, I did it more often than the, than the two goals that they scored. Because <laughs> they sure as hell looked like they were going to run rough shot over us. But, but I mean, at no point in that game did I feel confident that TFC had this at any point and agreed. I, I left at the 70th minute, so I didn't get that nice flush of, of the pause brace and all that wonderful, you know, uh, 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 vibes. But you know, my experience was, was we were lucky to get out of there with three points. We were lucky to get out of there with a point. Yeah, and just to, to recap, TFC went ahead 1-0 through DeAndre Kerr, his first goal at home for Toronto FC, second goal of the season. Um, that move was really nice. And the ball played inside by Luca Petrasso to find Jesus Jimenez, who drew his defenders in, laid it off to DeAndre, and DeAndre puts a pretty decent shot. You can argue it might have been, been able to be kept out by the keeper, but it wasn't, and TFC... No, it wasn't head into halftime with a 1-0 lead. And then after second half, it seemed things kind of just break down for Toronto FC. Shane O'Neill, yep. I believe, the game with with an injury. Um, and Lucas McNaughton checked into the match. There were a couple other changes that were made to kind of, I guess, get more out of the team, let's say. Yeah, yeah, that's generally and, why you would make a was, substitution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, because <laughs> mm-hmm. the game was still in the balance at that point, right? It's not like you're bringing on, on midfielders or whoever to kind of solidify your, your lead. You're doing it because you want to kind of still stay in that game, but it, it backfired. Um, yep. Toronto FC, from the start of the second half to about the 70th minute, we're on their back heels. They were getting yep. flooded with attack after attack by the Chicago fire who, by the way, on paper actually have a really good team. I mean, Shakiri, Brazil, on like, paper. Absolutely. Are, yeah. Yeah. These guys are good, good players there. You saw Shakiri's class when he played. I mean, he put in a couple of balls that I thought were just outstanding and you kind of see the frustration in his body language which is actually something i kind of want to touch on a little bit later i i agree um, i agree and i and i think you're going to make a, a a bold assessment as to the body language of somebody coming into the team in a couple of weeks but yeah 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 absolutely wow way to spoil it jeff i thought i had something <laughs> really nicely lined up there but that's <laughs> it's what i do buddy it's what i do did you miss me anyway uh uh yeah, but yeah, yeah. Pozuelo. I think I think Pozuelo, of course, yeah. is what I was going to get to is the the two moments of brilliance by Alejandro Pozuelo rescuing Toronto FC there from an embarrassing, I think, two one defeat to the Chicago Fire at home. One hundred. Um, the first one was the penalty, which I think TFC kind of caught a break on. It was a penalty because mm-hmm. he was inside the box when the foul was initiated. Um, still corner of the box. That that's just a a break that they get, which is fine. It's nice to get Brazil lucky breaks sometimes. Up. Yeah. He, he tucks it away. And then, of course, the, the goal, which I think is probably one of the best goals that we've seen out of Alejandro Pozuelo since his 2019 season, I'd say, when he introduced himself to the faithful at BMO Field. So an exciting day for Paz. Uh, we'll get into Pozuelo a little bit more in a bit. But first, I want to go to, to this, because I was listening to mm-hmm. our sister podcast there on the tunnel club, club post game show with Mike Newell and Sean, which was absolutely another fantastic episode. And they had a great debate and it's something I've seen or some people already message about in the chat. Quinton Westbrook versus Alex Bono, mm-hmm. a goalkeeping controversy right now at Toronto FC. He was got the last two games in goal. Both of those actually ended up being victories. The one to HFX, which, I mean, if it wasn't a victory, mm-hmm. sirens would be sounded. And yep. then, of course, Bob Bradley likes to go back to Q in goal for the Chicago Fire. Um, came away with a win despite conceding twice. 
Who's the TFC number one moving forward for you, Jeff? Is it just the guy who kind of gets wins here at this point? No, because because we keep their first game back from from long delays are howlers. I mean, Q when he comes back after a long delay is the shakiest person in the universe and gives up the softest goals, right? These guys need reps. So I don't care who it is as long as we ride with one and dismiss the other because because this this platooning them is not working. Um, this leaving them... Like, you know what? That's not necessarily fair. We're not platooning them. Q, this was Q's first game action in months and months and months and months and months. So it's fair to, to think that he's rusty. I guess the question now, and I, I, I wasn't privy to the tunnel club because I, I had something to do on, on, on that time, but, uh, but I guess the question now is, is that do we believe enough in Q to give him the keys to the car and not, and, and let him have a run of games, right? Over Bono's run of games, which was less than stellar. Let's be honest. I mean, we're, we're, we're chasing, we're circling the drain in terms of, of, of records of, of TFC clean sheets now, like how long we've gone without one. Um, that to me is the, is the debate, not, not, you know, do we run? Cause, cause it's so funny. I wanted to say when you were talking about the, the O'Neill uh, sub, you know, as, as limited as my knowledge of, of footy tactics is, and I appreciate that it's getting, I'm getting more and more, the more I do this, the more reps I get. You're getting better. I man. was told, I was told you never, ever, ever, ever sub your center backs unless they're injured. So I'm pleased that it was an injury because I didn't know that at the game. Um, and to me, it just seemed, it seemed like tinkering. It was like galaxy brain. Like, why are we subbing a center back for the second half? Um, and it's the same you thing. You can't with really this, talk this... in absolutes there, right? No, no, not like, at all. Not at all. But, because but, you but, you think but, about the Chris Mavinga substitution against Dallas, right? True. Chris Mavinga was, there's always an exception to every rule. That was a tactic. Exactly. Right. But I would, but I would say that more often than not, you don't. Uh, because the the tendency for disaster is is that much greater, yeah. right? And it's the same it's the same with the with the goalkeeper, right? Like the the adage is you run with the hot hands, which seems to be wholly ignored by this by this administration by this by the regime at the top, right? Bono hasn't had the hottest hands in the world, and we've had somebody waiting in the wings. The fact that he wasn't getting minutes led us all to believe that he was absolute garbage in training, or that there was an interpersonal drama, or whatever speculation we were coming up. Right. And it was almost vindicated because his first kick of the can, he was garbage out there. That that first start, the first half versus HFX, he looked rusty because he was training does not equal real game experience. So now the question has to be asked, does he have hot hands? I mean, we're still with, you know, without a clean sheet, um, but we've won twice. So by basic arithmetic, he's the hot hand. So we run with him now, which brings us back to to to, to zero, which is. Well, now Alex Bono, who's making this this amount of cash, is sitting on the bench, and and how does that bode with you know in in, in MLS terms? I think I think okay. the issue can be simplified, and I'm, I'm I think you're about to do it, so I cede the floor to you. Yeah, yeah, no, well, I was I was thinking, just let me rephrase it because you're going in a bunch of different directions there, but you're talking more in, in sort of short term, mm-hmm. short term future for both Alex Bono and Quinton Westberg, who is the guy, kind of in goal. And someone on, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name, who it was on the Tunnel Club yesterday, but I have a really interesting point. Both Alex Bono and Quinton Westberg are in the final years of their contract. That's my understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Bono's obviously making, as you mentioned, Jeff, a significant amount of money. Far too much. About 550000 That's about mm-hmm. 75000 less than, I think, the maximum um, slot for a regular player, let's call it an MLS. So for a first team goalkeeper, like he's already making a lot for a first choice. Yeah, goalkeeper. He's, he's probably among the top 10 paid goalkeepers in major league soccer. It's not the top five. I mean, it's Tim not Howard's not five. getting that DP deal anymore. So, you know, the zany goalkeeper contract era is over. Exactly. Yeah. So he, he's, he's up there. It was the point that was made is what if Bono was being shopped? What if he was being given these run of games to kind of showcase himself? Work like gangbusters <laughs> to the league. I mean, as you mentioned, like Bono hasn't been bad. Like he's been asked to do a lot. I wrote an article about a couple of weeks ago about how TFC are leaving him out to dry because 
I mean, they allow the most chances well, then, well, in the then, league by well, far. Well, then what's the point of putting him in the shop window? If they're leaving him out to dry, then it's a then it's a self-fulfilling negative prophecy, right? Like, we've, Mike, we've had this I mean, conversation. The plan wasn't to leave him out to dry. No, of course <laughs> not. But 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 eventually, I mean, you course correct then. What, we're, how many games into the season of, of, of this clean sheet break, right? Like, you're so... So the question is, Jeff, because we've is had this conversation before. Soccer? Is there a team Alex Bono? Soccer that would take Alex Bono? I can't. Is there I can't a team think that thinks they, their goaltending maybe is a little bit shaky? They can sort of improve that because Alex Bono's like I don't think he's an elite team starter. I think he can definitely start for a lower side. So do like, I. He's not bad. But his his price his price tag precludes that. I mean, what? Any team that I can think of that would be willing to take a flyer on him is not in the market for a five hundred thousand dollar a year goalkeeper. It's as simple as that. And we're, we're we. I mean, this is a cyclical conversation. This isn't the first time we've had this conversation about are they trying to shop bones? Are you know uh, what teams are gonna are gonna take him on for that kind of money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, ad infinitum, ad nauseum. And and you know, the idea of putting. Do you want to win or do you want to sell players? Right. I, I, I just I need to break it down to that. Like, like, you know, if, if you're a developmental side, then put him on TFC two. You know you what I mean? And put him in both. Right? But it's not and working. In order to get to the winning side, you need to sell players. And you saw the regime come in this this offseason, get rid of 18 players. Sure. Maybe Alex sure. Bono needed a bit of a showcase to, to catch a team's eye. I don't know if it worked. I don't know if it did. Do you think work. his stock has risen? I mean, do you do you think in in any way, shape, and form his stock has risen over this run of games? What team wants to wants to sign up to a to a thirteen game non clean sheet streak? It's it's tough because we're looking at it through that lens, right? I can't. I, lead, I cannot imagine anybody lead. with with a pocketbook is not going to look at it through that lens, right? Any club he leads owner, major league soccer and saves. He's also, when you look at, if you want to go into advanced stats, when you look at the expected goals against, he actually has more saves than the expected goals against. He's saving more shots than what's supposed to be finding the back of the net. So in to, that way, yeah. maybe there is a team out there that's not on the inside like we are, that we've seen Bono, we've been frustrated with his sort of play. Maybe there's a team out there that sees this guy as potentially a valuable piece because he's still, what, 28 years old? You should be his agent, man. I'm just, I'm just saying. Listen, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm signing somebody for five hundred thousand dollars, which is well ahead of the going rate, and the person making that sale says page one stinks, but if you look at page two, man, it's amazing. You're out the door, right? I'm not, I'm not looking at page two for for a, for a major outlay of cash. I want page one to be screaming with A pluses. Right. And then page two yeah. is the gravy where I'm like, oh, my God, he also can drive stick. This is amazing. Let's sign him right away. Like, but but like not, you know, I'm not I'm not willing to overlook page one for any amount of money in a league where parity rules when I'm working on a team where that's a significant outlay of cash, a significant so albatross contract. Mm-hmm. I'm happy you're going this. So then let me let me ask you, are either of these guys the solution in no. goal for Toronto FC moving forward? No. No, we've answered that question, and I, I, I think it's time to put that to bed. It's time for fresh blood back there, uh, you know, uh, some something we haven't seen before. Somebody that that is younger than Q, uh, and is better than Bones at at doing the things that need to be done. I mean, the the you want your play. I don't like going down this tangent because it's starting to feel personal. But at the end of the day, you want your players to improve year over year, right? Nothing has happened with his distribution. And this is years into this right now. He's not getting any better at distribution. In fact, he's regressing at distribution. They're now He's now handing the ball to like Salcedo or one of his center backs to do his kicks instead of him on, on goalkeeper possession, right? There are keepers that are making a tenth of what he's making in this league that don't have to do this. So why are we settling for this? Do you know what I mean? It's a contract year. We've done our due diligence. We've put him in the shop window as many times as possible. Our club can't be a club of free rides anymore. You know what I mean? It just can't. I thought we were over that already with this Bob Bradley regime where anybody on the periphery that wasn't fully invested is outie. 
So we, I, I, I think we need to adhere to that standard, right? Like, I think the conversation is over, right? We won an MLS Cup. That's great. There's a lot of people that, that have that championship ring that are no longer involved in the club for various reasons. That can't be the only reason. Like, the, like loyalty and, and adherence cannot be the only reason to hold on to people. It's a contract year. You thank them for their service and we find somebody else. They're not the only two goalkeepers in the world. We can't keep circling around this conversation about we've got to counter for this person's deficiencies or that person's deficiencies. It's time. It's time to make a clean break. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, you said it in a lot longer way than I probably would have said it. You're probably a little bit <laughs> more passionate about it than, than I would have said it. But yeah, simply put, neither of these guys, I think, are sort Is of the guy. solutions here at Toronto FC. I think Bono would be... I still think he's he's a very good 1B option in goal if you want to not at 500 but not, at, not But not at this price tag, right? So unless there's he's willing to take a significant pay cut on his next deal... I. I don't see a way that he he stays here with Toronto FC beyond this season, and that that's that because Bono is is the best guy in the dressing room. He's if he's not the best, he's one of the best. He's a class act, a great professional. Same it's, with it's you. It's too bad you don't Both win games in the dressing amazing. room. And that's the thing, right? It, it, this is we're at a point where it, it's TFC are rebuilding. And mm-hmm. if you're not going to be part of that who's solution to, moving forward, then you're... Who's to you're, say that goalkeeper of. X or goalkeeper Y isn't a better fit in the dressing room, right? That can't be the only metric, you know? It's, it's, holding, on to, it's holding on to something that's, that's good enough when this is a results-based business. And good enough is not working. And somebody has to be For brave sure. enough to, to rubber stamp change. And that's what we've done over the last season. So, so and to I, and I think pull back and now I think and coming. say... And I think yeah, it's so coming. It's not like we can do this mid-season, right? So no, change no. is going to be coming. They're all everyone's taken into account what's been happening. And if there's one person that I trust to kind of make those changes, even if they're hard decisions, it's Bob Bradley. But Jeff, speaking of hard decisions, this Here one is probably the hardest one that Toronto FC are going to have to make in a very long time. And it's the contract of Alejandro Pozuelo. As you mentioned, this guy's a game breaker. We all saw it on Saturday. He, when he's on his game, Toronto FC are are much better. He's the best player on Toronto FC when they're on when he's on his game. But can I can I go? When he's on his game is 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 not the system that we want from him. He can be on his game on a different team, but the team that Bob Bradley wants to build, as far as I can infer has no place for this guy. We've tried. He has no defensive responsibility whatsoever. So are we going to coast on individual brilliance or are we going to build the team that we signed up for and make another hard decision, which is Bob does not like number 10s at all. He likes number 8s. And and, and, and if he uses a number 10, it's more of a hybrid 10 with with a much more of a defensive risk. he does not like free rolls in the attacking third without any defensive acumen his whole system is based on that so if we if, you know and we can't play with 10 men on defense we can barely play with 11 men on defense he's a liability not just and and again individual brilliance is great game breaking is is great but you can't build a team on that you can't so you cannot here, expect the, this guy to, thing, to okay mm-hmm. you could have one of those players on your pitch. I think when Lorenzo Insigne arrives, two of those players are going to drive Bob Bradley crazy. And if you're picking between absolutely one hundred percent, you're picking Lorenzo. So let me let me play a clip here. I asked I asked Bob Bradley after Toronto FC's win against the Chicago Fire when Pozuelo scored those two goals. Bob wasn't really having it. I asked him about Pozuelo's contract. Bob wasn't really having it. Here's here's the club. Um, Alejandro Pozuelo is obviously a very important player to the squad. He's going to be out of contract at the end of the year. I'm not talking about that. So, cut you off right now. I'm not talking about his contract. So. Spicy. So, yeah. I mean, so let me, I guess, paint the picture here. This is one of the few games where Alejandro Pozuelo did something really positive. Mm-hmm. 
This is one of the few games where Alejandro Pozuelo had leverage in sort of his discussions. I disagree, but but I can see where you're going. Well, I mean, he's coming off a two-goal heroic performance. He scored that Galazzo. Alejandro Pozuelo somewhat has a better leg to stand on after this game as opposed to Bob Bradley. And I think, as, as Richard's kind of saying, between the lines, if you're, if you're reading there, I think it's kind of hinting as what you were kind of alluding to, Jeff. It, it's that I don't think Pozuelo is necessarily a Bob Bradley type of player. Bob Bradley obviously arrived after the arrival of Pozuelo. And while he is a fantastic player when he's on his game, there's a lot of missing parts to his game that I think Bob Bradley tried to unlock, untap, and it just it hasn't happened. It hasn't been working. So, and and when left to his own devices out there on the pitch, when it's not working for him, he makes his own decisions independent of the rest of the squad, starts going to chase the ball, falls into his old habits, which, you know, would be good habits on a team that isn't a Bob Bradley team. This is a done deal for me. He's had his chance. You know, thank you for your service. Those chips with Sean Johnson were great. But this it's a results-oriented business. And, and you know, one of the things that I've appreciated so much about this season is the brutality of these moves. Um, the If you can't cut it, buy. There's a 100,000 other teams out there. This is the standard at Toronto FC. This is the standard that I, that I abide to. Um, you know, we're not doing what we used to do. Well, off the back of winning an MLS Cup, I mean, it's there in the chat. What, what This Bono contract has been an albatross since two, 2018 because we were so excited by our success that that we almost got in our own way with with the with the with these deals that we handed out we have to be brutal in a way that i don't i don't think we properly understand i mean you know at least we get to make the decision this time we held on to the albatross that was Josie Altidore for for what 3 years too late we held on to the to the to the to the embers of the fire that was Sebastian Giovinco after he slighted us for how long in, in, until we realized that the show was over? At least we get to make our own decision. You know, Soteldo, like, like it, it, the only way we were getting rid of that that clown was was to, you know, make a swap for, for Salcedo at a, at a DP rate. We get to choose our own destiny here. And I will be so disappointed in this club if loyalty and, and, and the intangibles trump on-field performance, right? Like, like it, it's it's a simple assignment. You have defensive responsibility. There's no loyalty left at Toronto FC. If you can't, left, if you can't left, but if you can't hack it, then you're gone. It's it should be that simple, right? Like, this isn't a role player. This isn't Subasa Endo who we're getting for 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 a song that can come on and be a late game sub and do moments of individual brilliance and magnet magic. This is one of our designated players, and the standard has to be higher. And if he can't hack it, then find somewhere else to ply your wares, okay. man. You know, is Alejandro Pozuelo playing below the standard of a designated player in Major League Soccer? And here's where we come to Anthony Curry's stats that that he was kind enough to tweet out this morning. This is through 12 MLS games in 2022. The man has played 1,046 minutes. He's got four goals. He's got four assists, which is the co-team high. He's got 130.75 minutes per goal contribution, 81% pass accuracy, 22 key passes, which is the team high and 17 tackles one, which is the team high. So looking at that on paper, that's a DP. Looking at the team as they play, this disjointed mess, I mean, good for him. But but it, it's not working. You know what I mean? Just my, my eye test is in complete direct opposition to the stats so as presented. So let on me paper. ask you, is it... Is it the player itself or is it Bob Bradley's system? How can they be excluded? It's it's both. It's Bob Bradley's system and the player. If he can't if he can't meet the requirements of Bob Bradley's system, it's the player. But because Bob Bradley has a system, it's Bob Bradley's. So I would say it's both. So that's yeah that that's kind of like what the debate that we were kind of we've we've seen this so many different times. Think about when Greg Vanny came in. Hmm. The first year of Vanny, Pozuela was used often as a winger, out on the right wing, out of the left wing. The first year of Pause came nuts. in, not not the first year yeah, of Vanny came. The first year of Vanny yeah. with Pause, with right? Pause, yeah, it yeah. drove TFC fans nuts. 
the best yeah, version of pause that we saw that year in 2019 was when he played as a false nine when Josie went down. Injured. I agree. I mean, I absolutely I, agree. Not the free roll 10, the, the false nine, year, 100%. That was in 2019. He wasn't a 10, mm-hmm. but next year, his MVP year, Vanny changed Also a COVID system. year. But he changed his system and he mm-hmm. played pause exclusively as a number 10. He did whatever he could to tweak his system to play it around Pozuelo. TFC ended up having a a great year. I mean, second in the Supporters' Shield standings. They obviously fizzled off towards the end of the year. They got the best out of Pozuelo that way. But Vanny had to tweak his system. Sure. So it it comes down to kind of, I guess, what Bob Bradley wants to do. And this this is what... It's a luxury, but it's also a very big decision he has to make coming in as a new coach. Is he the type of player that you want to invest a DP slot in when you're already investing a DP slot in Salcedo and as well as Lorenzo and Signe? That's going to be the question. And, you know, I don't, I think we already know the answer, but uh... I think we already know the answer towards which way they're leaning towards. But then you also have Mm -hmm. to factor in the fact when Lorenzo Insigne arrives, what if all of a sudden that, for whatever reason, I'm not saying they form a, they sense. form the best partnership in the league. Then they we form count the best partnership in the league. We count our blessings and we sign him for another thousand years. You know what I mean? Okay, well, well, not that. Well, but. not maybe not a thousand years. But we <laughs> count our blessings that the fickle finger of fate and Lady Luck sh- smiled on us, and and we certainly extend his deal for a year and see what happens. A cautiously optimistic approach. Because it, it let, let's put it this way. There's a lot of question marks about Insigne's arrival. If he comes and has instant Pablo Piatti uh, chemistry with Pozuelo and we throw that away, it's just as stupid as 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 keeping Paz uh, as a as an eight when he can't play the position, right? Like that that sort of makes a new decision for us. Do I think that's gonna happen? Fingers crossed. Do do I expect it to happen? Absolutely not. I expect it to be to be a comedy of errors, like Keystone Cops out there. So let's uh, let me throw this to you before I play our next clip. It's actually we mm-hmm. we press pause, I guess, on his his upcoming contract discussions. But before I play sure. that, let me ask you: You mentioned here how pause doesn't work in Bob Bradley's system. He's not a Bob Bradley type of player. Let's say the contract was for max allocation money. Max TAM, the Michael Bradley deal. Do you resign Pozuelo, or is it just the DP spot that's kind of hinging that? No, no. If 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 there isn't magic when when the reinforcements arrive, if it's still the same plodding, inconsistent mess, occasionally peppered with Galazos, it's not worth it. There are plenty of other players out there. It's not worth it to hang your hat on this. And get the you know get the three two victory over the Chicago Fire when he's feeling himself, and go down a thousand to nothing versus better teams in the league because he's not right. Like why are we that that cheapens the value of this club? We don't have any loyal. We shouldn't have any loyalty to anybody, right? Money talks. There's a lot of soccer players out there, and the beauty is that every year there's a whole new crop of them. So to 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 take to take good enough is ridiculous. And it and I don't want my club doing that. Okay, no, that's fair. I think it's a no-brainer to re-sign Pause if it's not a DP contract because I think he's an absolute baller. I think he is probably worthy of a DP, just maybe not a DP on this current Toronto. But CT then he, the but he's Bob still Bradley starting. He would still start every game, which means that he's blocking somebody else's pathway, which means that we're not signing somebody better. Which You're means still that a pretty you know, dang you know good I mean? player. I mean, it's not like it's for not like he's one or two Galazos to... against a, against Chicago Fire. Who cares? Who cares, man? I want Galazos against the Seattle Sounders. Like, I want to be better up in the standings. Like, like one or two rescuing us from ourselves in a game against the score, Chicago did Fire. Score a pretty nice goal against the Philadelphia Union this year. Again, what a pretty nice goal. Moment, moments of individual brilliance when the whole team is 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 unstuck. And and he's you know barreling in and just taking the game by his shoulders and shooting from outside the box or dribbling past everybody is great for highlight reels. But you can't build a team off the back of that. These are outliers. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah, would ra- I, I would I, rather see a well built team attack that ends in a goal 100 out of 100 times 
than a moment of individual brilliance with this squad, with this system. That we're supposed For to sure. be a team but- that builds, and and that's the beauty in this. Like like the, the, this possession, and and just let just let the DP go and go and go and have it, is not the way. Is not what we were sold with respect to how to how TFC twenty twenty two is going to is going to do business. And I think the quicker that we realize that that is the old way, and that the new way is a focused team attack, the better off we are. Okay. As, and I say yeah. this as we're okay. as we're expecting the greatest player, potentially the greatest individual player that's ever played in the league to arrive. I realize how stupid I sound, but but again, you know, if I can't be contrary here, then then where am I going to get my jollies, right? Okay, let me, let me play the pause clip for you guys. You guys might need Please. to turn up the volume to hear uh, to hear my questioning and Neil's questioning. Neil Davidson, Canadian Press. Thanks, Steve Buffery's in there as well. Uh, but it's a two minute clip, so just bear with us. Going on about a new contract with your agent? No, I always say I'm happy here. So this is a good question for for the president, for the coaches. I try. I'm I'm professional. I know this is my last year for the moment here, and yeah, I try to to play like this to to help the team. I'm professional, and yeah, I try to to give my my best. The Easy way, you know, some players when they have the last year and they have some problem or pain in the body, they try to protest because this is the last year, but I'm not playing like this. I try to, to play with pain, without pain. I try to help the team, to help Toronto because they give me a lot. So I try to, to push myself to, to give my maximum to, to this team. We asked the coach, he didn't want to comment on it. So, are you good? Mentally, is it is it tough playing in sort of the last year of your contract without? The no, I'm I'm thirty year. I I have my money. I have my life sorted, so I play to enjoy. I don't need anymore. So I play to enjoy to 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 play to for my family, uh, for my friends. I try to enjoy. I don't need anymore. But you'd like to stay here. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm happy here, you know, but this is the football. Sometimes you are here, sometimes you are in other place. You never, you never control this. So what I say, I push myself. I'm professional, so I can give my, my maximum. You mentioned that money wasn't really... Concerned. No, this is not my, my, my problem right now. Would you consider a non-designated player contract? Sorry? Would you consider a non-designated player contract? <laughs> So that, that actually there. cut off there. It actually cut off, but he he said this no. is not the right time to speak about this. We have a lot of time. We this is not the right time to speak about this. I mean, he was pretty open about speaking about everything else, um, but his response to that question kind of tells me he doesn't really want to go on record saying he wants a designated player contract. So in that light, and, and he doesn't want to go on record saying that he'd be willing to take a home a hometown discount because then you might as well not go to the not go to the negotiation table if you say publicly yeah I'm I'm willing to take less money. Um, I mean I don't want a player playing for fun. I want a player playing to win. There's a lot to unpack in in in, in that answer there, and none of it none of it is good to me. I mean I already got my money. Cool then then. Go have then go open a restaurant or something, man. Like I, I want players that want to win. Um, that kind of blase attitude. I mean, is that supposed to inspire confidence? Because it sure as hell didn't in, in where I'm sitting. I, yeah, I think you're reading a little bit too far into that. That's what I, I, I do. Mean, his so his English isn't the best, first of all. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to see it through that sort of lens. You kind of have to sure. really understand what he's he's trying to say. Um, he's not playing for money anymore, which is great. He says he wants to stay in Toronto, which is great. What do Toronto FC want? And I think that's kind of what this will come down to. Just a friendly reminder, he will be eligible to sign a pre-contract with the club overseas or maybe even Liga MX um, come mm-hmm. July 1st. So July something to keep 1st. an eye on as, as we kind of move throughout the season. And I yeah, still think... I still think that this will come down to Lorenzo and Sinian Paz's relationship. 
100 percent know which i think we know I, which way this, one million it, leaning but there is sort of that ace card that Paz has up his sleeve and it's whether or not he can kind of get along with lorenzo better than than what he's shown so far so something just to keep an eye on i think that's that's kind of enough on this topic we've yeah absolutely without beat question it, beat it to bed here so now moving on in our kind of timeline here our rundown i'm looking mm-hmm. at the process here so let me just phrase it to you as it's phrased on our rundown mm-hmm. have you lost any faith in the process yes yes i have why is that because i'm i'm seeing regression uh i'm not seeing uh uh progression I'm seeing a lot of regression and I'm seeing players um, and this isn't pause. This is, this is the kids. I'm seeing players get overwhelmed and fall into bad habits on the pitch far too often for my liking. I, you know, it's, and, and I think, I think that it's, it's unfair to ask this question because I don't think the youth movement was ever intended to be this, absolute i think injuries and form have really 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 uh impacted the process but i'm still going to answer the question because there was enough faith in the process to get rid of all of our left backs all of our outside backs aside from from children at the outset of the season there this front office was confident enough and did the arithmetic as faulty as it as it turned out to be because you have to factor for injuries. This is Toronto FC. When are we? When are we not injured over the last five years? When have we not been injured? I mean, so so somebody made somebody made the calculus and said we're going to be okay without any natural fullbacks converting half of our kids uh, until until at least the summer, and that was an error. So when you ask me, do you tri-? because because it didn't account for outside factors and it didn't account. It was it was a rose colored well, impression of of the going are you looking at that are you looking at that through the lens that toronto Mm -hmm. fc are going to be competitors this year i don't think we're competitors this year right so let's say they they know that right they know that they're not competitors this season does that really matter if they bring in a left back or right back then you know how huge that an, an ask that is of this fan base to sit on our hands from multiple transfer windows and multiple seasons, especially coming out of a pandemic, coming out of, um, you know, uh, 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 th- this massive transition. I, uh, somewhere along the line, there a calculus took place that either ignored the passions of the fan base, ignored the realities of, of, of life in this league, and igno- just ignored reality. So, so your question, as worded, I consider that part of the process. So there's what I'm seeing on the field, which is players far too often, far too often when left to their own devices are either roaming around in a, in a pseudo free role and just abandoning any responsibility on the pitch. And that has to start somewhere. And the fact that at its outset, at its outset, this process took into took far too many shortcuts with with real world realities. And we're seeing that manifest now. I mean, this is a hail mary process. So, 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 how can I have faith in a hail mary? Right? We were, we were, we were, we were preached a measured approach that had thought behind it, and I'm seeing the cracks there now. So that that's how I answer your question. Yeah, I think I don't think we're gonna be able to fully see what this process looks like this season. I think we're gonna see steps towards it, as you mentioned lately. It does look like a regression, Jeff. You're absolutely bang on. But also, they they kind of said the worst favor TSC did themselves this year is going on that four game unbeaten run where they picked up three victories. I agree. Including twice over I agree. the FC and the Philadelphia Union. Because even All in stone, my man. mind, looking at that, I'm like, a thousand percent, this Toronto FC team is a playoff team this year. Just wait till Lorenzo and Signe arise. Wait till oh, yeah. the reinforcements arrive. You add that to this group of players, and oh my God, we have something special here. Yep. This year, I don't think Toronto FC management and I don't think 
I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but I don't I don't think the team president or Bob Bradley or whoever else is making the decisions back there, they're thinking that. I don't think they're thinking that this team is going to go into the summer and compete. That being said, I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to sneak into the playoffs as well. Do I think they're going to be contenders? Not necessarily. But I also think they they could go on a run here because of the groundwork that's being set, because of the minutes they're, they're given to some of their young guys, the experience that they're getting. That they can go on here and be be a solid club come come August, and we know what can happen from that point on. And, and we've seen firsthand what can happen is once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. That being said, I think it'd be very optimistic to say that this team I'd be more surprised than 2019 and I was I was hella surprised with our run in 2019 so so I I, I, I stopped short of saying I'll eat my hat because I, I don't like eating hats but uh, it would be I would be I would be profoundly surprised if we do any damage uh, in the postseason this year and and I've made my I've made my peace with that a long time ago um, I just don't know if the club has there's so many contrary ideas going on right be patient this year's gonna suck here comes lorenzo insigne like it's just it's yeah. so schizophrenic a, do you know what i mean like that's such a good like, point you make there jeff because mm. there's been question marks even when he was first signed is whether this was the right time to go out and swing for the fences and get a piece like lorenzo insigne you think about what insigne is watching he watches every toronto fc game apparently of course what is going through his mind when he's watching these games? What's going through Insigne's mind when he leaves Napoli, a club that he obviously adores, his hometown, to come to Toronto and play alongside a lot of kids? What 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 yep. is he going to think about that? And that's what I'm going to say is you look at Shakiri and you look how frustrated he looks on the pitch. I mean, there are times on that game I'm like, man, this guy really wants out of Chicago already. Oh Obviously, yeah, he I'm looked way he too looked, far into that. <laughs> I think everybody that watched that game had the same impression. So, yeah. What's what's Lorenzo going to think? We saw we've seen versions of pause this season where he's being frustrated because of who he's playing. But he's playing for fun, right? Mike. I mean, again, I won't go back there. He's <laughs> lost in translation. I'm not going to I'm not going to kick a man when he's down because it's a second language, but yeah. I mean, he shouldn't yeah. even be down. Like he's he just scored two goals, two brilliant goals. Like he should be standing on like. But anyways, going back to Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to imagine like he must have been given some sort of blueprint of kind of what's supposed to happen. Um, clearly, Tirano C need more than just Insigne. And that's mm-hmm. coming. That's fine. I guess if we're looking to the summer and what type of players Toronto C need to go after, obviously a defender. And we all know the name that is, we all know the name that's going to come. What else do they need, Jeff, to kind of help Lorenzo Insigne here? A clue? I don't know, man. Let's give him a week to settle (laughs) in before we start. No, because there's been so many, there's been so many takes like we need to scratch, we need to destroy the whole roster. We just did that. I mean, how how often are we just going to set fire to the, to the locker room? I, I think at this point it's about you know how it's a cup it's it's a what a month uh, inside a month before well, they, they before have Lorenzo open arrived. they have open roster spots right? and a ton of cash and a ton and ton of ton of cash so let's oh, not make I've any been told decisions. they don't have that much wiggle room as much as it may be it may seem I've been told they don't have what that did they much spend it like. on what's Jimenez oh. costing us. I think we know what Jimenez is costing us. Okay. Regardless point. of that, I, I, I think I think doing anything right now before our, our our tent pole arrives is foolish. Let him come in, let him settle, let's see what we got with this guy, you know, and then start thinking about uh, a big ticket arrangement. Certainly uh, our defense is porous and garbage. Um, I'm not impressed with Salcedo at all. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm far more impressed with him than the guy that we, uh, we got out the door for him though, but I'm not at all impressed with him. Um, you can't really you compare know, O'Neal- what about, what about Salcedo to Omar Gonzalez? 
I mean, uh, look at our defensive record. Is it is it a humongous uh, upgrade? Okay. I don't you know. Can look at it like if you're just looking at it stats wise, sure. But come on, the quality of player is it's day and night, right? As well, the man is saying, injured. I mean, the man is perpetually injured. Perpetually, he hasn't injured. been injured once this season. Salcedo, he hasn't been injured I mean, once. I, he got COVID. I, okay, fine. So he missed some, he missed some games from COVID. Um, may, but he's he's not a he's not a died in the wool starter. There have been games that he's missed where he hasn't started, and you know only because any, any only anyways, because COVID. So. Fine. Any anyways, COVID not impressed. Let's just we'll just, we'll just we'll just we'll just uh, uh, dumb that down to I'm not very impressed. Um, you know, but again, what I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything right now because what's the point? What's the point? There's a giant variable, a giant, uh, Italian winger, left winger size variable, uh, that needs to be plugged before we actually know what we've got. Uh, so making moves now is, it seems ridiculous to me. Seems ridiculous. No, I mean, you need to get him help. Right, if if TFC want to seek into the playoffs here, they need help. But you can accomplish both. You can bring in a long term solution, as well as bringing in a player that can help now. And I think that's kind of what the club is trying to do here. Hmm. Uh, what I'll say is, there's a couple former TFC players that I think the club is club is keeping a close eye on. And Nico Hassler's coming back. Yes, yes, they would be. They're receptive of the idea of a couple of their players form a couple of former players returning. That's all I'll say for now. Um, But just something to keep in mind is sort of this, this window progress. It's going to be an interesting one. I think it's, I think they, as you kind of point out, Jeff, they do need to see more and kind of what's going Mm -hmm. on here, but they also need to, bring in help July 1 because there is a chance here that TFC do sneak into the playoffs and if they do one and done games in MLS with Lorenzo Insigne with Pozuelo with some of the pieces they have if Ozo's back healthy and he's going sure like this is a team that's capable of, of making noise in the postseason if they can get in yep. but the full rebuild we're not going to see the full reaps of that because you, you need guys like like Ozo, or sorry, guys like, let's say Alex Bono coming off the, coming off the books. Yep, yep, absolutely. We need guys absolutely like Chris Mavinga at this point coming off the books. You need guys that they're spending. Michael Bradley still makes one point five million dollars this year. I don't. Mm-hmm. He's, he's out of contract at the end of the season. They're obviously going to get a new deal done. What that looks like, I'm sure that'll save TFC an extra couple bucks. Sure. So the full rebuild sure we're not going to see until at least another year. But is there a chance that this team brings in enough pieces to kind of get them over the line here, the playoff line, and, and get in? There's always. I think that's kind of what we're gearing towards. But, yeah, there's always a chance, right? but I, I would not hang my hat on it. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I guess we'll see. So yeah, let's just wrap up, kind of wrap. We're, we'll save our draft to next week. We're gonna meet Jeff and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best and and worst contracts on Toronto FC. Always fun Sounds to play good. a little bit of armchair GM there. Um, quickly, Jeff, over a third of the way through the season, who has been TFC's MVP so far this year? Jonathan Osorio, and that's not even particularly close. He has been the heartbeat of this team. Uh, he's put the team on his back, uh, and everything flows through him. So I, I can't, I can't think of anybody more deserving. Do you agree? You're reading my articles. <laughs> of course I do. You took my. Of answer. course I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, why would Why would I not be reading your articles? We host a show together. It behooves me to know. What's going on <laughs> Yeah, no, Ozo, it's, it's, it's been Ozo. Any other it's answer Ozo. is probably wrong, but yeah. I'm going to give some honorable mentions. Jesus Jimenez? Yeah, I'd give him an honorable mention. Um, He's gone, I what, think... five games without a goal now? Six games without a goal if he includes the Canadian Championship? So there is that. But his movement, his movement is elite. 
um, depending on what we're getting him for, which kind of segues into the draft that we're no longer doing. But, you know, this guy is a steal. This guy is a is as close to a, a Victor Vasquez kind of deal as, as we've had since Victor Vasquez. So absolutely. Does he trump Oso? Without question, no way. No way. Jose, does he does he trump Oso? It's, he's very good number two. Great pick for number two. He can be the Robin to Oso's Batman, but he's not he's not taking that top spot. Okay, how about this? Mm. Michael Bradley. No. And it but pains me to say it. it. But you thought about it. It pains me to it pains me to say it. No, I always think about it. The man is the soul of this club. I mean, we that that is that I say that with with absolute certainty. The the TFC it, and Michael Bradley are intrinsically linked together, and, and in a way that no other player ha- comes close to. Um, that means he gets he gets to be on on the on the box that the that that the team gear comes in, but it doesn't mean he's taking MVP honors from Osario in terms of performance on the pitch this year. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'd still go with Ozo, like I said off the top. But Michael Bradley, man, and people are so quick to jump on him when he's not playing well. But when he mm-hmm. is, no one hears a word about him. He gets—he's one of the more unheralded players on this team. And I think the last seven, eight games, Michael Bradley has been fantastic. And if we can get some support around him, the work that he's being asked to do—I mean, I hope that we can we can maintain this version of Michael Bradley through the course of this season because he's had so do I. Opinion, a really big bounce back season. He's 35 and it, it's crazy the minutes that he's logging and the quality that he's still able to put out week after week. So got to give an honorable shout out to Michael Bradley. And of course my boy, I'm, Luca Picasso, I'm... MVP, it's just, just for being Luca Pedrasso, I'm going to give you the MVP award because <laughs> Love, love, love Luca Petrasso. All right, show. then I'll take I'll take Ozo and I'll be right, and you can take Luca Petrasso <laughs> and be wrong, and and I win, and that's perfect for me. Fantastic. Okay. Love, 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 love. Let's wrap up our show on a bright note, a bright spot. Mm. Let's talk about our boy Richie Larea, Nottingham Forest, going back to this the is Premier a bright League spot first time. <laughs> In 23 years, absolute bright spot. We got to be happy for our guy, Richie Loria. I mean, this guy congratulations. obviously been through a lot with Nottingham Forest. He's still trying to get into the side there. But, hey, we can say that a Toronto, former Toronto City player is about to go play in the Premier League if, and it's a big if. I know a lot of people are kind of poking holes. It's a big if. I'll tell you guys right now. It's huge if. If Richie Loria will stay with nottingham forest next season on the one hand i mean that opens the floor to a kind of a debate on the one hand you can say you're a premier league player which is something all of these youngsters kind of strive to do on the other you can say you're a premier league bench player if you even get on the bench so that's what richie has to decide you're a carabao cup player He's what, 20, yeah. 27 years old, I think, turning this year? Exactly. I think he still has his best best years ahead of him. Can he afford another year where he doesn't get playing time here? No. And be a I mean, yes. Or- it's not going to kill him. It's not going to it's obviously not going to kill him sitting on the bench, right? But, you know, can his can his the intangibles career-wise afford it? I don't I don't think so. I don't I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, and Brad's saying, why would Forrest loan out their own player they can market as the only player on the squad who will be at the World Cup? I mean, maybe that doesn't come <laughs> down to just what Forrest want, right? I don't I don't think Nottingham and Forrest he's, he'll is still a tenth, be a, Forrest of, a tenth player. of a crap about promoting somebody on the Canadian men's national team playing in the World Cup. I think it's a funny soundbite for That's us, true but too. I think Nottingham Forrest, having just been promoted for the first time in 30-something years, they have bigger fish to fry than, than, than making a fun little diff of Richie Larea you know, suiting up for the Canadian men's national team. They've got, they got bigger, they got bigger battles to fight. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. I see a lot of people making this point as well. 
Man, there's going to be so many changes at that Forest Club. I think we see it every year when a side goes with from it's, Yeah, when a side gets to, promoted. To yeah. you, it looks completely different the next season. 100%. So I don't think – 100%. I, I think that's kind of a moot point because the club's going to look completely different. They're going to be bringing in wingbacks if they think that's a, a hole. And yep. from and the impressions that I'm getting – he couldn't break into the championship side. So this this expectation that he's suddenly going – this will be the most important offseason. Like not even off the bench. Yeah, this yeah. is the most. I mean, yeah. let I, I would say his trial with TFC in in 2019 was pretty damn important. This beats that immeasurably. This is the most important off season in his career. If he can get in, then he is 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 legendary, and he deserves to be a Premier League player. If he can't, then we need to we need to put a stop to this to this horrible experience, um, and and. And, you know, he needs to find a, a new outlet to supply his wares. And where does he go, Jeff? Where does he go? Maybe Forrest loans I'll, him to I'll a championship end. side. He signed He signed to play in the championship, not the Premier League. So, you know, it's not really a, 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 a lateral move if he's loaned out to, 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 a, to a side in the championship. Um, you know, the, the man needs to play, right? And, and let's be honest. It's a World Cup year. He's played... He's played what 120 minutes, not even for for Nottingham in the Champo. Like that might be his level. We don't know yet. So it may, you know, he may not be a, a Premier League level player, and that's fine. There yeah. are a lot of guys that so, don't make the cut, right? Just because but, his team but, got promoted doesn't doesn't mean that that he he's going to go on the journey. Um, and all signs point to that not being the case. So we'll see. Let's let's paint the picture. Premier League resumes, I believe, in August. I think training camps open in July. They typically go on some tour. I don't know if that's going to be the case with Forrest, but typically yeah. preseason is, is around July. End of July, could could something happen, I guess, between now and then? Something to keep a close eye on. And I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. But, yeah. Jeff, Monday is in the books. Our first, I think this might be our first Monday show ever. I think so it is. It it absolutely is. Chat, you guys, you guys were on fire today. We had so Thank much you, chat. It's uh, it's really comments. appreciated. Yeah, yeah. I was sorry we couldn't similar, get to all of you, but yeah, I saw a lot of you know faces that we've seen before, and we appreciate you guys. Love it. I've seen we a lot of new faces as well chime in. So maybe the three p.m. time change is fairly good, Jeff. It works for me, buddy. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we, I think we stick with it until 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 uh until we we we, we can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Cue up that cue up that show. Um Yeah, I, I better cue up that show. Like oh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure something out for, for new intros and outros, but until then, Mike, this was a pleasure, buddy. Let's uh let's uh let's take our leave of everybody and uh, I will see you next week, dude. Yeah, for sure. TFC play in the twenty twenty Canadian Chip final Canadian Championship final on Saturday. This is 2022. This isn't a 2020 old show. This TFC gonna go for that trophy, first trophy of the year potentially at four against Forge at Tim Hortons Field. But yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed it. Leave us a, a nice rating if you enjoyed it. But on behalf of Jeffrey Pinesker and myself, until next week. Cheers, guys. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.